previously on Down the Hall podcast. That that to me is a fascinating story. Like I feel I feel like when we did the the episode on Don't Think Twice, they were talking about or they were showing an improv group in New York City, but I'd love to see a portrayal whether it be a movie or or show of kind of that stand-up life of kind yeah. of the traveling from place to place. I've got one for you. What's that? Uh, Mike Birbiglia, Sleepwalk With Me. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Now, just picture me high up with my top down on Highland and Sunset doing 85 on the top deck. See step by. So we are locked and loaded with another movie night pick for you as well as one to avoid. But again, before we get into any of that, Rodney, I got a question for you here, man. I understand, I understand as much as someone who does not do this for work can possibly understand targeted advertisements. Okay. I I get it, especially via social media. What I don't get is that today when I was doing some work on my computer, what came up was an advertisement for seniormatch.com, which is a dating site for presumably people 65 and older. Okay. Did I actually, did I accidentally click on an advertisement for like prune juice or like no, no. early, early dinner specials? No, but see like what it could be is that you wouldn't have had to have clicked on an ad. You could have searched for benefits of prune juice or you could have been searching for healthy, healthy foods and clicked on something. You you could have hit any number of things that if I decided as seniormatch.com, if I said, you know, my guess is that if I were to narrow it down to people who have searched for this or have been to this site, or there's a lot of different levers that you might be pulling. And, you know, I got to be honest, I'm not sure that you wouldn't like to be on seniormatch.com. I mean, I'm not ruling anything out. I mean, I'm not single. Um, no, right. Outside of that. Senior. No, uh, but, but I could see you chase down some cougars. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I do have an affinity for older movies. Yeah. So there's something we can talk be about. Honest, I think 40 to 60 is usually like, usually that's the age of women that find me appealing. Definitely, because you're you're safe and you're basically like their grandkid. I mean, you know, whatever. Look, you have your you have your wheelhouse, Rodney, and that's uh, older women. I just feel like that is my wheelhouse. So maybe maybe I got targeted because Google or whoever, and they really just wanted me to have this conversation with you. And now you can go to seniormatch.com and and have a field day. That's true. It could also be that I was recently on your your um, laptop and phone just searching for for older women. So that you'd get that advertisement. So huh. just something. Could yeah. be that. It was effective. I'm not entirely sure, but it could be that. <laughs> well, I don't know how you get a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course. It's down the hall. Because I'm psyched. And here we go. So the movie this week is actually one that came from uh, none other than Rodney Hart himself. No big deal. Right? No big deal. You recommended a movie for me when we were talking uh, to Kurt, Kurt Brownler from The Big Sick, and we were talking about... Uh, from his perspective, the eyes of living as a as a stand up comedian, what's that like? Kind of being on the road doing that, and I thought, man, that would be an interesting movie. And I know we had done Don't Think Twice, which is kind of about an improv group, but you yeah. said that Sleepwalk with Me is uh, is about is about the yeah. life of a stand up comedian. Yep, I think Sleepwalk with Me is Mike Birbiglia might be almost my introduction or like the entry point for me into like comedy in terms of an area of interest because i think he's very not relatable would be the wrong word but he's also very approachable to me so there's something about his story like he's not doesn't seem like a big star even though he you know even as he was a star like 
I just felt like his comedy and the way that he was as a person really resonated. Uh, so between that being an entry point, I, I had heard him on podcasts and things and, and, you know, started to listen to a lot of his standup, went to standup with, uh, April Mike, my, my sister and brother-in-law, my brother-in-law who also does the comedy. So like, there's that, you know, touch point also for me in terms of like being interested in following comedians and, and comedy as almost an industry. And this movie is one that I watched not too long ago, but it kind of presents the whole story of his life. Yeah. And, and actually I'm glad you recommended it because I was going to watch it anyway. I said I would, but I loved it. And so anyway, it's on Netflix. It came out in 2012. Uh, as Rodney said, it is starring and, uh, and it's about Mike Birbiglia. Uh, and he uh, directed it along with Seth Barish, but it was also co-written by Ira Glass, who mm-hmm. obviously with this American Life podcast, um, another I'm radio sure touch show point initially. For you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And no, that was actually where I first, I think 2008 or so was probably the first time that I had heard of his sleepwalking story, which they did on the podcast, This American Life. And that was kind of my introduction. That was when I found out who Mike Mike Birbiglia was in the first place. So along with Mike Birbiglia, it it stars, uh, man, I cannot say Birbiglia. I remember when we yeah. don't think twice, I couldn't Mm -hmm. say it ever. Mm -hmm. Mikey B stars Mikey B alongside him is Lauren Ambrose. And also, I mean, uh, Ira Glass is in this movie very briefly, but um, Kristen Schaal, who we mentioned when talking with, with Kurt, um, and then additionally, I want to mention Kristen Milioti, who plays the mother on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah so I, that's how I knew her. And I thought, yeah. oh, wow. So she, she plays uh, Mikey B's sister in this. So Rodney, I feel like you're chomping at the bit to talk a little bit more about this. You, We know your experience with it. We know how you found it. What is this actually about? So the movie is actually about Mike Birbiglia's life and his... Um, you know, just him starting out in comedy, basically. And so it does a portrayal of both a lot of his, the different jokes that he makes and a lot of his routines, but also does the portrayal of, you know, his, what it's like to probably start to be a comedian, right? Like there's definitely people in his life that are either doubting his decision or are, you know, it, you know, treating it as if it's not really like a career choice. And so this, um, I know came up as we were talking about, oh, there's not a lot of movies or haven't seen a movie, um, that kind of depicts the non glamorous side. And this immediately came to mind where I was like, no, this absolutely does show what it would be like to go do stand up comedy for a college show where 20 people are in the audience and you staying know, like, in your car. It's, it's just ex- sleeping you know, in some crappy motel. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, you know, so what I really find interesting about this is it might be specific. It might be specific. Like if you're not at all into comedy or if you're not at all, um, you know, then my hope or what you'd get out of this movie would be that it's an interesting, you know, view into someone's life. I disagree um, with you. I think it's more than just that. I think it's not even just about comedy as much as it's about somebody who, you know, is at the crossroads of chasing after their dream, but also how it's affecting his relationship with his girlfriend. Oh yeah. Right. He's, and it's also really interesting because you, you really sold it when you talked to me about it, about how Mike Barbigula himself is narrating throughout the movie. So Mm -hmm. like you're seeing this depiction, but he's like telling a story, like as he's driving in a car, he keeps looking at the camera, telling you the story as it's going. Yeah. And what he's telling you is his, his career in comedy, all the sacrifices, how like, again, non glamorous it is, but then also how it, how it played into his relationship with this girl who, when he first met her, he really yeah. liked her. And I don't want to spoil anything, but 
you know, how it affects their relationship. And, yeah. Uh, I think combining the relationship side of things and then him narrating it, I think it's more than just, I don't think you have to be interested in comedy at all to, to know that it's, it's a story about your dreams and, and maybe how it affects relationships, but then also this, this side story of him chronically sleepwalking, which is hysterical and right. absolutely terrifying. Right. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. And I, I think, you know, um, you know, I didn't mean to say that you just have to be interested in comedy. Um, I just also know, like I've, you know, known his comedy for, for a while, you know? So, um, having track with that, I think I was really interested to see the whole portrayal of his life, even though I kind of knew a lot of the different points that it was going to hit. But I think what's also really interesting about this movie is it's going to be unlike almost any movie you've really seen because it's him telling the story about his life. Uh, so he's the, he's the narrator as Mike Birbiglia narrating the story about his life the character who's portraying him is named like matt you know pampiglio or something you know right matt, it's like a fictional it, depiction of of his, his like based on his actual right, life but played by himself yeah, right. and so he's kind of commenting you know clearly so it's it's this really interesting and even like the footage it's not like the most high quality footage ever you know it's probably yeah. gonna look a lot more like dear zachary than it's gonna look like ex machina but in my opinion, and I know that we said this on the very first episode, I love movies. I don't know why there aren't more that are that have a narrator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love movies yeah. that have this outside voice that kind of talk you through it. Mm-hmm. And in this particular case, you know, he does it, and he's a stand-up comedian, so he incorporates a lot of his different jokes, you know. But, yeah. like, as he's about to go do something, yeah. you know, and that's a terrible decision, you know. It's He'll like say, it'll flash to I want to remind you, you're yeah. on my side. Right, And then it right. comes back to, to right, the yeah. character, you know. So Definitely. I think, you know, that adds an interesting wrinkle to the movie um, that I think is unlike, you know, any other movie that you're going to see, but I also think it lands, you know, I think the fact that you thought it landed, uh, and even when we started it briefly and I could tell you were kind of into it right away, that was where I realized, okay, this isn't just me liking Mike Birbiglia. This is, he has a really interesting storytelling method and also his story's kind of interesting, even though there's nothing striking about him as a person. Yeah. He does it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, man, I would love to talk with him more about it. I mean, I know he's from here from, the Boston area, and I just think this was Shrewsbury. Yeah, this was an extremely well done movie. It's the reason that I think it's a great movie, and I picked too. Easily accessible on Netflix. It's only an hour and twenty one minutes. As you can tell, neither Rodney or myself are struggling at all to find things to say about it, despite it being such a short movie. Mm-hmm. There's lots to say because it was so well done. Mm-hmm. So certainly, certainly worth this week's movie night pick. But Rodney, what's the uh, what are the fans saying about it? What's the reaction? On imdb.com, what's the overall rating? Sure. So on imdb.com, it's a 6.8. Come on, people. I know. I'm surprised. It's unbelievable. Actually. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not lying. I think this is a movie that I could watch multiple times a year. Like, I don't think I'd ever I get definitely sick agree of this. with you. I do. You know, it's short. It's not just because it's short, but I think it's interesting. Um, and like, I don't know. It makes me sleep, introspective, you know? Some of the sleepwalking scenes were terrifying. Yeah. Like that's, that's that's one of that's something we haven't I didn't hardly even talk talked about. It. Yeah, it's I mean, I mentioned it, but me, yeah. it's because he has this chronic sleepwalking disorder where he, like, he, untreated, like, part of the storylines yeah. that he's, like, not going to a doctor, but right. literally, like, potentially driving in his sleep at right. points. Like, I mean, there's a big thing that happens in his sleep that I won't get in, but just this ongoing thing that is frankly terrifying. Yeah. This whole thing. And, and yeah. it's, and, you know, due to stress and due to just different things, but 
it creates this interesting parallel throughout the entire thing. What did you rate it? Um, I rated it an eight. Me too. So, easily. You know, easily I, an eight. It's not like in that nine thresholds. Um, because I, you know, I don't know. At least for me, it wasn't in that nine threshold, but it's certainly way above like just me saying it's a solid recommendation. It's a movie that I truly like. It, I have a soft spot for. Hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. I like you a lot. So, Rodney, now that we're getting into the uh, professional opinions, let's start with what the Rotten Tomato score is, as we know. That is the percentage of professional reviewers who gave it a positive rating. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like doing that first because it helps give context to the best and worst review, which I'll read after. So what yeah. is the Rotten Tomato score? It's an 84%. Great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well-deserved. Yeah. Uh, so that means I, I didn't really find too many negative reviews, but the worst review did come from Village Voice which sounds like a cover band, if you ask me. Village uh, Voice. Village Voice. It says that uh, Sleepwalk With Me rides a weird tonal line, maybe aiming to split the difference between comedy and terror, but coming off as afraid to really go for it on either. So like, so uh, are they talking about splitting the line between comedy and terror because the Sleepwalk scenes were terrifying? Because I do think that's true. Like, Have you ever seen when they take – have you ever seen on YouTube where they'll take uh, – They'll take like a, a trailer for a movie and they'll say like, like one of them was like Mrs. Doubtfire as though it was a horror movie. And they just redo the trailer over with scary music and scary scene, like no. emphasize the scary elements of it or what could have been a scary element of yeah. the movie. And it's like, oh, wow, that actually seems like it's a, a horror movie. No, it's really creative. But I feel like I guess you could redo some of the scenes in this movie and, and give a trailer that portrayed it as a as one that's about terror, like the sleepwalking. Yeah. 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 But I, I don't, I don't think that it walked the line between like trying to decide if it was a comedy or a terror. If someone were to tell me like, I thought it walked a weird tonal line. I would understand what they were saying because I think it's unlike many movies you're going to see. So I like, I was ready for you potentially to say that, but you didn't, you know? So that's where then I started to think, okay, I mean, maybe this does have and then 84% on rotten tomatoes suggests that, 84% of people didn't, you know, thought that whatever line it was walking, it did it well. And, you know, I, the fact that 16% of people maybe thought, what's happening in this doesn't surprise me because it's unlike many movies you're going to see. So I get it. But at the same time, I think it's a, a little harsh. So the best review came from the Tampa Bay Times. And I almost didn't use this review because it uses his last name in it. And I cannot pronounce his last name with confidence, but I'm going to try. Uh, So from the Tampa Bay Times, it says, I've watched Sleepwalk With Me twice now, each time impressed by Berbiglia's confidence in revealing so much about his craft and himself and the freely associated style in which he does it. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is a movie where he really puts himself out there, Um, you know, and not that he's like doing insane things necessarily, but he's also you know, a guy that is putting, you know, not necessarily just a glowing depiction of himself out there. And, you know, I, I, I get where that's coming from, but I also think that's where it's heartwarming, right? Cause I think he's, you know, I think it's probably easy to kind of find him, you know, relatable or someone that you'd want to be a friend. And then, you know, you're watching these decisions get made and whether you agree or not, or you're wondering like, why would you do that? <laughs> you know, don't yeah. do that. But, um, I think it's the fact that he feels like he could be a friend that 
makes a lot of the movie, at least for me, um, you know, that much more interesting. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be easy for him? And I guess the same question could be asked about Kumail, uh, in the big sick, because the big sick is the story about his life, like his love life. But wouldn't it be easy for either one of them to, you know, knowingly or unknowingly kind of paint a more flattering picture of themselves? Oh yeah. Right. And I don't think either of them necessarily did that. I mean, not that I know the actual details of their lives, but at least in the movies that we both, that, that, that they were both in, I mean, there's flawed aspects right. of each of those characters and yeah. they're not afraid to show that, which is what I think makes a story so believable and, and strong. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. But I also think that there's something about it being Mike Birbiglia, not George Clooney. Right. I mean, you know, if George, if it were George Clooney's story, I just feel like it'd probably be harder to find certain things relatable or harder to find certain things believable. You get what I'm saying? I do. And if we ever get to interview Mikey B, I'll make sure I play that clip for him. Oh my goodness, that would be a dream come true for me. So uh, we mentioned that sleepwalking is a is a constant theme through this movie. And uh, usually at this point we do uh, movies we love pertaining to a certain topic. But tonight's topic, we asked the audience, what is your craziest sleepwalking story? Do you really love the lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. Man, I'll tell you what, Brick from anchorman i feel like if he were a sleepwalker that'd be terrifying i feel like he'd he'd probably what would he do he'd find he'd end up in some lab creating Throw a trident through someone's chest oh that's the answer right there so ronnie have you ever slept walked no slept, slept walked what's sleepwalked uh, what is the past tense proper um, past tense there yeah i don't know do you throw in both slept and walked? i don't know um sleepwalked i don't you, know that, is that a thing you've done um no i can't say it's a thing that i've done and really my only experience with it i think my family maybe we've like talked in our sleep before oh I, i'm uh i've definitely you've talked to me while falling asleep on the couch while watching a movie okay um and uh, I don't know what you've ever said. I wish I had kept a journal. Yep. Uh, but it's nonsense and terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely know that I'm a sleep talker because anyone I've ever roomed with has told me many, many stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, one time Rob, Colorado Rob, not movie Rob, uh, said that I, I woke up and he was in the same room as me. He was in the living room or something and I was asleep. And I said to him very seriously, let's sword fight. Yikes. I don't remember that. Uh, also, another time I think I, I jumped... Next to uh, Connor, uh, the other roommate at the time, and he was wide awake, and he realized I wasn't, and I would—I jumped next to him, and I was just staring at him, but asleep. And he said he had cocked back his arm, like he was ready to punch me if I made another move. But I—I I ended up like retreating and going somewhere else. Hmm. I can't be trusted, man. Yeah, but I, well, I've been telling people that for a long time. None of those are as good as the stories that we were given so again i want to say thank you to the listeners you guys make this show great rodney and i do this every week it's about you guys you guys are the best um so one is uh shannon um from massachusetts she said that she attacks her husband mark in their sleep and mark commented and said it's true it's all true um so he didn't say anything else i, I don't blame him no, he was, he was, that's as much as he could probably say. Josh from Rhode Island has been known to have played a game of darts in his sleep. That's, that's, that is actually scary. Like, if you're throwing potentially yeah. dangerous well, objects. You know, it's scary because, like, that to me is, that's a scene from a horror movie. Like, you walk yep. into a dark house, and in the corner somewhere, someone's just throwing darts in a dark room. Christian from Pennsylvania said, He's never slept walked. He then asks if that's even a word. I, I hear you. 
Uh, but he says I've, he's been reported to have yelled Frodo in his sleep. Wow. Yeah, he's reliving the Lord of the Rings every night, apparently. Totally understand that. Uh, Mark, Mark Rodericks, good old friend Mark, says, uh, so this story's not Marky mine, Mark, but... Mark, I call him. Oh. I don't really. He says that a friend was sleepwalking and stood at the top of the stairs going down into the basement. He mistakenly thought he was standing in front of the toilet. On the bright side, he only had to go number one, whereas number two would have ended up with some serious injuries. I feel like I've heard a similar story. My dad, uh, I think my dad peed in the hamper once. Well, um, Kevin from Hitting Play Podcast said that his son Reese wandered into the hall, stood in the doorway, and peed into the bathroom. From the from the doorway in the hall. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, that sounds accurate. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an okay decision. <laughs> so, um, my favorite story, well, I, I get two, I've saved the best two for last. So, Mike from New Orleans says that he once started a relationship unbeknownst to him in his sleep with conversation. He then ended the same relationship in his sleep. He drove back from Obama's first inauguration, uh, parked, this is while he was awake, parked the Volvo in a busy rest stop overnight. He was sleeping with the car running because it was freezing cold, and when he woke up, he was driving on the highway. That's, all right first of all that's terrifying. they're not connected stories that first one i i feel like we need we need to unpack that a little bit that he I, started and ended a relationship in his sleep both both like on different occasions like he started it in his sleep decided that he was going to go with it for a while and then woke up one day and apparently he had ended it in his sleep i gotta i need more detail mike this is my favorite one so uh riza from the philippines um once unlocked the door, walked out of their townhouse, found a parked Jeep, and tried to ride in it. Her siblings had to chase her down and stop it. Thankfully, the driver was not in the vehicle. She did once, she did wake up in the middle of the entire ordeal. So imagine waking up like trying to break into somebody's car and there's people running behind you trying to bring you back. No, I, I, no. Those are some some good uh, some good old sleepwalking tales. Yeah, I, I wish I had one. I I'm so glad you don't have one because you sleep down the hall from me. Hence the name down the hall down, podcast. Down the hall. If I if I knew you were sleepwalking, I'd be terrified of you. If I'm ever sleepwalking, actually, I'd, actually I'd probably attack. I'd punch you. Because if I if I were ever sleepwalking, yeah, you'd punch me because that would probably be the only thing to wake me up. I think I'm such a sound sleeper. There's no way that I would stand up. I don't I don't walk when I wake up. <laughs> it takes me a long time. But what I will say is, if I'm ever sleepwalking, I'm just pretending, just because I want to see. I just like I, I want to pretend sleepwalk just to see what people like. Uh, want to see if it'll actually punch you. Yeah, just see how people would react. What a weird social experiment that would be. Yeah, I'm thinking about it now. <laughs> Think about it. That's not a terrible idea. Well, speaking of experiments, that actually perfectly plays into our movie to avoid. So we always give a movie of the week, a movie night pick of the week. We'll always give a movie to avoid. Because it's dangerous out there, and there's a lot of bad movies being promoted, and we got you covered. So, this week, the movie to avoid is A Cure for Wellness. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. Now, this movie, I thought looked pretty good from the trailer. Oh, I remember, yeah. I think you and I, when we saw the trailer, I think a lot of people had... Really high expectations for it. Do you remember? I mean, I, I, I'm forgetting the lead actor's name. I mean, I'm looking as we're talking here, but it's basically about this this guy who's a 
you know, business professional and he gets tasked with going like the CEO of the business has gone off the reservation and is like retreated to this facility in, in the Alps Mm -hmm. where, where, you know, a bunch of people who are in there, actually a bunch of people who probably would have been on seniormatch.com go up there because it's all older people and they're just not coming back. Like he's not coming back. And so this, this young professional is tasked with going up there and bringing the CEO back to New York. Okay. When he gets there, he realizes it's kind of like has a real like shutter Island feel to it. You know, he arrives at this place and there's like doctors, but it also more feels like a prison as opposed to a facility. Right. right? And it kind of, something isn't quite right. And there's really good tension built into it. And, you know, it's a really intriguing storyline. You definitely don't trust things. You don't trust things before the main character doesn't even trust things. Like right. he's, he's kind of fine with it at first, but you know something's wrong. Everything about the first half of the movie was great. Loved the first half of the movie. I was on a flight. I was on heading to Kansas City. Loved every part of it. The latter half of that movie, it was like they came up with this premise and they said, this is going to make a great trailer. This is going to make a great first half of a movie. I hope we figured out the last half mm. because my gosh, it was terrible. Like they couldn't figure anything out or Dude, something? Dude, it got so bad. Like it felt like two different movies altogether. You know like, how Shutter Island, the genius of that movie is it stays tense all the way through and even how it resolves, you're like, yeah. okay, that was genius. Right, like, right. The way the movie, it actually makes the rest of the movie better. Right. This ending didn't make the rest of the movie better. It made everything suck. It was just terrible. And it wasn't just the ending. It was really like things tapered off dramatically during the second half of the movie. It got to the point where it was almost unwatchable. Like I was almost like at first I was so into it. I was so into it. I was loving that I chose to watch that one on the flight. Second half of the movie, I was literally laughing, like laughing at parts of the movie. It was so bad, dude. It was so bad. And I'm saying like, hey, avoid this one because two reasons. One, the trailer is compelling. The first half of the movie is extremely compelling, but it's two and a half hours long. Mm, And this is going to be a huge time waster if you get to it and you realize, wow, this really actually ended up sucking. And it did. It was terrible. Don't do it. Huh. Yeah, that's a, I mean, did look really intriguing. I have to say. I do have to say. Yeah. But I I absolutely, that's I get what you are saying too, though, is there have definitely been movies I can't imagine what it, what could go so wrong, but at the same time, for a two and a half hour movie, if it's going wrong, that's that's still plenty of movie to be miserable. That's exactly how I felt, man. It was terrible. Um, so avoid a cure for wellness. I mean, if you're gonna go watch it, that's fine. Maybe you you feel the same way I feel. Maybe you don't. But for our listeners, I'm just saying you could probably skip on past it. Mm-hmm. So in a few minutes, Rodney and I are going to be getting into our favorite scenes, which inevitably end up being a little spoily um, in terms of uh, sleepwalk with me. But before we do that, we want to give you the, the fair warning to jump ship. Um, but also we're going to be doing a newer segment, uh, kind of a spinoff of one of the newer segments. Instead of uh, metal or movie, this one's going to be horse names or movies where, you know, I'll explain that in a minute here. But um, in the meantime, you, I just want to remind you to go to downthehallpodcast.com where you can recommend a movie rodney kind of cheated he didn't actually go to the website to recommend a movie for us he just said it on the podcast which in true form it's it's cheating like it is it's cheating like i i'll let it slide but well i mean if these if they can figure out a way to call in i've been telling you you know set up the dial-in number if they could figure out a way to call in the recommendation boy i would love that then then we'd be fine so um 
Don't forget also that you can find us on Checked Out in Jersey. If you do want to call in and you do want to hear us live, you can uh, listen to us on Checked Out in Jersey at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Every Thursday uh, night. Every Thursday night. What, did you think I wasn't going to get to it? Well, last week you started talking about Mondays as if that was still a thing. Uh, and I think I transitioned, and we just got done with our first Thursday, so I think I've committed it to memory Good. at this point. But Good job. if you can't find us on Thursday, you can also download the podcast checked out in jersey um and you'll be able to hear us there all right my man so we've got a little bit of a spin-off kind of like the scorpion king franchise to the mummy <laughs> yeah what a where what a, yeah we did a uh, movie or metal which was I'd, I'd give you a name and you had to tell me if you thought it was the name of a low budget horror movie or a heavy metal band well this week we're doing something similar but instead of a heavy metal band it's is this a low budget movie or the name of a racehorse. Okay. Are you ready for this? So can I only pick one of those two things? Well, what else What else is it going to be? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it's not multiple choice. It's one or the other. You know, I guess I never did ask the question in movie or metal, what if it were both? What if Blood Diner was a movie and a band? I mean, it probably is in all seriousness. Like, in this case, I could tell you, like, Seabiscuit or War Admiral. Yeah. Those are those are both. But no matter what you picked, I'll tell you it was the other. So am but I allowed I to save the word both? This is my question. Sure, but I'm just going to... None of these are both. They're all one uh, or the other. Ah, okay. Got it. So I, you know, I I took Seabiscuit out. So we'll okay. just do all... Got it. These are all one or the others. Are you ready, sir? I think so. I don't know what my context is to be able to judge these, but... So, you're saying horse or movie. Okay. First one. <clears throat> I'm a wild and crazy guy. I... I mean, I don't know. I guess a horse? Uh, you are correct, sir. Oh, there, wow. it is a It is a horse, indeed. I just couldn't imagine a movie being called that. Next one. Horsey McHorseface. I feel like you're trying to... I, I feel like what you're trying to do now... Is lead me down a path, but I'm gonna take the bait anyway. I'm gonna say that's a horse. It is indeed a horse. <laughs> yep. I'm glad indeed. I did. I'm glad I didn't go reverse, reverse, reverse psychology. Okay. What about uh, Daniel the Wizard? I mean, it's got to be a movie. Yeah, it's a movie. Saving Christmas. <laughs> Boy, horse name. Horse people are weird. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Saving Christmas? Saving Christmas. That feels like action-oriented. I'm going to go movie. It is. It's All a movie. All right. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good now. Okay. A Fox's Tail. I'm going to go Outside Chance. That's a weird horse name. It is a movie. Oh, okay. Movie. okay. So that's the first one you've got wrong. Okay. Okay. Wear the Fox Hat. Aware of the Fox Hat? Wear the Fox Hat. Can I ask, how do you spell wear? W-E-A-R. The Fox Hat. Yes, movie. It's a horse. A wow. Horse okay, I just got burned by two horse named by foxes. So we're halfway through. Uh, okay, next one. Oh no, it's my mother-in-law. <laughs> um, I guess movie. It is a horse. You are on a you're, cold you're stretch. Trailing. You are trailing hard here. Uh, next one. Potato salad. Horse. It's a movie. What? You're no, You're no. I was, I was so hot. I was 100% sure I was going to go 100%. Comply or die? It's got to be a movie. It's a horse. Dude, 
You're bleeding, man. Make the bleeding stop. Uh, next one, Daddy Knows Best. I know that's a horse. It is. How do you know that? I don't know. I've heard that before. And also, I think because I, I remember, I think I heard that once, uh, like on ESPN when they do like that for like eight seconds. Yeah. And I thought, it's Daddy Knows Best by a nose. And I thought, what, horse people, listen to all these. These are all horse, horse people are weird. Next one, Glitter. Oh, it's a movie. Yeah, right? you got to know that one, yeah, right? Yeah, Mariah yeah, Carey. Yeah, yeah. That was like an easy one. All right, last two. <laughs> I'm sure there's a horse named Glitter. Odor in the court. Odor in the court. Horses smell. I'm going to go horse. It's correct. Last one. Space Mutiny. I'm going to go movie. It is a movie. Okay, good. I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I feel like you just barely got more than half correct. I feel like... You got like five or six in a row wrong, but the most I went on a real cold stretch there. Most of them correct, I think. So that, my friend, is horse or movie. <sighs> that one's way harder. That was like a horse noise you just did. <laughs> oh, no, that no. didn't well, wasn't it? No, sweating miss. Nay, I don't know. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. All right, so here we are in the spoiled section. Uh, spoiled the, section? The what spoiled. is that like? The, the section of the restaurant where all the spoiled kids sit? Yeah, no, not where the spoiled kids, where all the spoiled food goes. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I'm going to talk about the part that we, I already talked about in the other part that we already are going to have to cut out. Because, I did cut it out, yeah. Um, so I think probably the, the component that I liked most about this movie was it was a depiction of his life. And I, just through his comedy before this depiction, you know, I knew of his girlfriend that he had like fallen in love with. And like, that was a big part of one of his stand-up comedy routines. Um, and then in another component was like, after he had been going on the road for a while and he had comedy where he was, he had cheated on the same girlfriend. Like, and I remember even at that time, there's something about him that I think if you, you know, watch this movie or if you've already seen this movie, you're listening to the section that he's, there's something about him that feels very approachable, at least to me, you know, it feels like, yeah, you know, this is just a guy who's funny, but could be your friend. And, you know, I remember thinking like, no, like when I heard him say it, you know, like I felt like disappointed in him, you know, like he wasn't like a far off character. He felt like a really personal friend that I thought like, why, why would you be doing this or why would you have done this? And so to me, I think that's where a lot of the intrigue of this comes from, right? Is that he has this relationship that he really cares about, but at the same time, it's not really aligning with where where he's at emotionally and what with what he's interested in doing and pursuing. And, you know, I think you get to see that. Um, but you also get to see it as he narrates it himself, you know. And so I think that there's those good moments where, you know, like he said, like, I want to remind you, you're on my side. But there's something really, I don't know if charming is the right word, but there's something about him putting his life on display, including really bad decisions, um, that at least for me is like a great conversation starter, you know, to, to be open about what our flaws are and where we go wrong. Cause I think it's a lot easier to just be protective and, you know, keep conversation surface level. Yeah, totally agree. My, my takeaway from the movie and the, the thing that we can talk about here in the details section is the whole sleepwalking thing and how it paralleled, paralleled, his relationship with this girl and like it seemed like the worst things were getting in his life as he was realizing this relationship was not going to work out the sleepwalking became more and more extreme 
the sleepwalking episodes became more and more extreme to the point where at one at one point he he literally falls out a second story window at a hotel and i and i looked it up before and i was like is that is that just yeah. I mean, that's a true story he literally like rushed out and like smashed through and fell down into luckily grass mm-hmm. but like was lacerated yeah right and like at that point you're like dude like dude you need to get a hold of you need to like change some things in your life like very clearly his relationship had deteriorated mm-hmm. great that his career was picking up but then also the sleepwalking thing like it was in a dangerous part of his life yeah like, emotionally no. and then also kind of where he's at as a person physically yeah. even yeah well that was the thing too is that really the sleepwalking portion of his comedy was all a big part of his initial relationship too like in terms of like what he talked about right so like my first introduction to him back in 2008 2009 um you know there was a lot of conversation about you know, his sleepwalking episodes and you know how his girlfriend dealt with it and the comedy of that relationship and everything um ending with the climax of the fact that there was one time where he was having a dream and he talks about the dream um and what he did in the dream but then also that in real life he jumped out of a second story window at uh La Quinta Inn in Walla Walla Washington Walla Walla Washington and you know lands and just keeps running until all of a sudden he kind of comes to and is like what's happening and then he has to walk himself back into the hotel and talk to the kid working there and say like hi I'm staying at your hotel. <laughs> I just jumped through a window. I think I need to call a hospital. Could you do that? You know, like a really bad thing, but that he just convinced himself like, oh, well, I'll deal with it later. Um, and, you know, so to me, like, you know, you have that component of it, but then at the same time, you know, you have his relationship and how it's a relationship that everyone probably wants for him you know probably sees as as a really good thing for him um you know like i i love that kind of part too (laughs) do you know what i mean like they're yeah i've been there they 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 they're in a really they're a really good person for you but that does not mean that you know that person who everyone else might say like wow that person is really great for you that doesn't mean that you as mike verbigley i have to think so (laughs) or that you have other things that you need to do and and sorry you know yeah, like right. i'm sorry that i have these other things and so um i love that they do a really great job of showing that and explore that you know you just right. kind of talk about hey it's hard you know yeah. the conversation uh is a really real one to say hey relationships are hard and what happens is hard you know well another really good one this one straight from rodney so rodney good job all the credit to you for this one i'll give credit where credit's due this was a great movie and happy to have it be our movie night of the week uh, you can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can, like we said, go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where you can scroll down and recommend a movie for us. Uh, as always, we're super appreciative of you, and we will talk to you next week. See ya.